You did not. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Look, this is an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. You just contradicted me. No, I didn't. Oh, you did. No, 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 no. You did just then. No, no, nonsense. Oh, look, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. You came here for an argument. Well, an argument's not the same as contradiction. Can be. No, it can't. An argument's a connected series of statements to establish a definite proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It isn't just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. But it isn't just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> Argument's an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of anything the other person says. No, it isn't. In that famous sketch, The Argument Clinic, from the British comedy troupe Monty Python, we just heard an argument over what an argument is. The definition that Michael Palin's character gives could have been taken, almost, from the Nyaya Sutra definition of debate. An argument is a connected series of statements to establish a definite proposition. At the risk of killing the joke, part of what's funny about this sketch is that the hired arguer, played by John Cleese, refuses to construct anything resembling an argument. He just says the opposite of whatever Palin says, since, after all, isn't the point of arguing to take up an opposing position? Well, it's a funny sketch, but as humor often does, it gets at something a bit deeper. How is it that oppositional argument can help us establish anything at all? I mean, if two people are on opposing sides and they take up directly contradictory opinions, how can any truth come out of that? That's what we'll be thinking about today on Sutras and Stuff. I'm Malcolm Keating, and you're listening to Sutras and Stuff. Indian literature and philosophy has stories of intense debates going back to early texts like the Upanishads and the Mahabharata, Debating, opposing arguments between two people, was and still is an important part of Indian culture. And in the times of the Upanishads and the Mahabharata, it was a kind of an entertainment, something that opposing philosophers might do, for instance, in the court of a king. And today, millions of people, places like the United States, watch presidential debates. For instance, uh, in addition to the hundreds of people who get tickets to watch it in person. It's a kind of a spectacle, in addition to its having practical ramifications for the observers deciding who they're going to vote for. However, moderators in political debates today rarely do much more than try to prevent interruptions or keep people within their allotted time limits. They don't do things like identify bad reasoning or check people's evidence. The person who wins in these kinds of debates is typically the person who manages to convince the most people. Maybe they avoid obvious gaffes, and maybe they get a few zingers in. Now, this is not the kind of debate that Nyaya philosophers are primarily concerned with. For them, they define debate for the truth very precisely. It's a form of debate known as vada. Here's what the text, the Nyaya Sutra, says about debate for the truth. Debate for the truth is a matter of proving and refuting by means of ways of knowing and hypothetical reasoning, by employing the five elements of an inference, by taking up a position and a counterposition, and without contradicting established positions. Now, in this definition, we get the idea that there's a requirement of two sides taking up a position and a counterposition. But more than that, we are proving a position and refuting and opposing position. 
and we're doing that with the right approach, that is, with reasoning and the ways of knowing that we've been discussing in the last several episodes. In particular, inference. Vada is what's important. Vada is when we're, you know, discussing things with an eye to the truth. And people have, the people who enter into that uh, effort should be, um, should be, all committed to knowing the truth and not to some something extraneous like you know getting money from the king or defeating the opponent that's stephen phillips professor of philosophy at the university of texas at austin explaining vada that sanskrit word which means discussion or discourse and refers to the debate which aims at the truth In this kind of a debate, the goal is not to get the king to give you money or to get lots of fame because your zingers go viral on social media. It's to establish your own position by using legitimate ways of knowing and to show that your opponent's contrary position isn't really good. Now, that means that the ways of knowing which we've been discussing in the last five episodes are crucial in debate for the truth. Still, that doesn't mean that there are no practical implications for debates. Matthew Dasty, professor of philosophy at Bridgewater University, has this to say. Um, Being able to make a good case for something you think is important um, in a public forum where you might win the patronage of a local, maybe Maharaj or someone of that sort, um, it it could really make a crucial difference in, let's say, uh, your school getting uh, financial support, or even your uh, school of thought getting patronage um, such that it takes root locally. So when Nyaya philosophers set out their ideas about debate, and they focus on debate for the truth, they're aware that there are other ways of debating. And these ways of debating are concerned mostly with these kinds of material effects. And what I think is really, one thing I love to take from Nyaya when we're talking about the modern world is that Nyaya recognized that, Nyaya said there's three basic ways you can discuss or debate issues that are important. Um, One is where you just want to win, Jalpa. And that is not ideal because you're not really truth-directed, you're victory-directed. The word Jalpa in Sanskrit means disputation, and it has the connotation of something like chatter or pointless talk. It's a kind of debate where people use fallacies or faulty ways of reasoning, but they do it without caring that they're faulty. We'll talk about fallacies in more detail in episode 7, but here's one example, what today we would call a straw man fallacy. I'm going to give you an example of this from current President Trump, where he attributes a view that President-elect Biden doesn't actually hold. And if sleepy Joe Biden wins, your Second Amendment will be eliminated and your firearms will be confiscated, whether you like it or not. Trump has repeated this claim over and over in debate contexts and speeches. This particular clip is from a rally in September 2020, and from the noise of the crowd in the background, it's clear they disapprove of the view that Trump is holding up, and so they approve of his position. But the thing is, he's not arguing against anything that Biden has ever said. So if debaters use this kind of fallacy intentionally just to convince an audience and judges, they're engaging in disputation, not in debate for the truth. 
listening to a debate where both sides mischaracterize one another, well, that's pretty frustrating because we don't get anywhere. We don't really discover whether there are good reasons for what the participants think. But let's stop for a minute and consider a bit of a complication here. It's one we'll return to again when we think about fallacies next week. Here's the question. Why does it matter whether a debater is using good or bad reasoning? Isn't the point whether they have the right view, regardless of whether they're reasoning well? So let's think back to Trump's claims again. Does it matter whether he says things which are strictly true if his opponent, for instance, the Democrats, are in fact in the wrong? We've got people in, in positions of power who I know for a fact are liars. Liars. I watch the TV. My, my president comes on the TV and he lies to me. I know he's lying. He lies all the time. Look, friends. I don't believe any one of them, not one. I believe Donald. Mm -hmm. In this 2015 clip of Trump voters, this woman expresses her distrust of existing politicians. In her mind, they're lying and they're untrustworthy. So she trusts Trump. Now, she and a number of other voters were interviewed about his false claims that he saw thousands of people celebrating in New Jersey when the Twin Towers came down in New York in 2001. Now, these people agreed that, well, maybe there weren't thousands of people, but what they said is the spirit of what he was saying was important. In their opinion, he was making a point about politicians and their relationships to Muslims, and that's the thing that they agreed with. So whether he's got the details right or he's arguing against a genuine view and not a straw man, to them it doesn't matter as much as, well, if he's protecting the American people. In their view, if he's right and the others are wrong, it doesn't matter if he's accurate or if he's reasoning correctly. It does not serve the discovery of truth. Now, if some people might say it serves protecting the truth by like fighting back against bad debaters, but Nyaya, it, the Nyaya philosophers, they, they, they have unease with that idea. I asked Stephen Phillips about this idea, the idea that in some situations, Nyaya philosophers would use fallacies to defend things that they believe are true. And, and, and there's a sutra in the end of chapter four of the five, where it says, um, as, as, as you put thorns around young trees to protect them from animals, so you have to sometimes use tricky debate procedures uh, in order to, uh, uh, to defeat opponents who are themselves uh, not uh, up to the moral standards of really seeking the truth, but only to win money and fame. And it said that, look, okay, use them, use them, but be careful when you use these fallacies. <laughs> because when, if you get caught, then you lose. Don't. And so, you know, part of it is in in, in the in the in the debates with uh, you know less than true vodens, you know, people who, are, who just want to win. Uh, uh, you. You you want to be able to point out the fallacies that they make, uh, but you but you also I mean it's okay to use fallacies yourself uh, in that kind of debate, but don't get caught. <laughs> it seems then that the main goal for Nyaya philosophers is to find someone who wants to debate you according to acceptable rules. 
using genuine ways of knowing, like evidence from real perception and careful inferential reasoning, checking good testimony, making sure that you're listening to experts and honest, trustworthy people. And that means that when you and that other person argue, you'll try to avoid making bad inferences or mischaracterizing each other. You'll make your best effort because what you both want to do is know the truth. And that's the case even if it means you have to change your view or take back something that you've begun the debate with. But suppose you begin a debate with someone who starts mischaracterizing your reasoning. They start using fallacies and when you point them out, they just don't care. Then at that point, perhaps according to Nyaya philosophers, it might be okay to fight dirty or at least in certain circumstances when what is at stake is really important. But we can see a problem here when we think back to the, the Trump voters' complaints about politician. It's easy to complain that your opponent is being unfair and use that complaint to justify sloppy reasoning or mischaracterizations. After all, they've broken the rules first, and what's at stake is really, really important. But that kind of approach is a game that both sides can play. And then no one is concerned with the truth. We're just concerned with defending our own views and assuming that it's true. So, debate for the truth, vada, is what we should aim for, according to Nyaya philosophers. Disputation, that's not ideal. It's debate kind of gone sideways. It still involves two people setting out their viewpoints, though. And there's a third kind of debate, according to Nyaya philosophers, which doesn't even do that. Another type of debate, vitanda, is where you just want to tear down another view. And that, um, Nyaya thinks, is weird. Uh, for one reason, you have to have some motivation. And if you have a motivation, then you actually have a view. So, you, you know, but they see vitanda as, you know, it's, it's like, it's something like... Um, in its, in, when it's actually done philosophically, it's something like skeptical arguments, but they tend to see people who do that as closer to trolls. For Nyaya philosophers, this is even worse than disputation because it doesn't make sense. If you're arguing, you have to believe something, they think. Otherwise, why knock down an opponent's view if you don't have a view yourself? So what we've seen is that Nyaya philosophers are concerned with debate for the truth. That means that their concern with winning is secondary to getting at the truth. And it means, too, that they see debate in a very broad sense. But you might put forth arguments for different sides of an issue as a way of thinking through it. And in this sense, it, it is debate, but it's a debate whose goal, where you, as a participant, your goal is, I want to find the truth. So if the, this prima facie view that I'm putting forth is undermined, great because I want the truth. I don't want the pride of victory. I don't have this negative impulse to just destroy as the other. Yeah, I want the truth. And so what's really fascinating about the Nyaya Sutra uh, on this is it says, you will argue with your teacher. Arguing with your teacher is an exercise in learning, in fine-tuning your understanding of an issue and the reasons for holding your beliefs. So the next time you watch a political debate or get into an argument with a friend or a family member, ask yourself what kind of debate is happening. Do both sides have an opposing view? Are the participants working together to discover the truth? Or do they just care about winning and maybe looking good? And here's the difficult question which we'll take up next time. 
are they reasoning well or are they using fallacies? In episode seven, we'll talk about some ways that debating can go very wrong. 